This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. So, Jeremy, you've written a column about what is taking place at Asbury University. We have it linked at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Share with us some of your perspective on what is taking place. Well, I'm geographically at a fair distance, and so I need to be aware that what I know of this is already being filtered in terms of the media representation of it. And so I'm conscious that I don't have a complete picture. I think fundamentally, we need to make sure that we steer between an unholy cynicism and an unholy naivety. Now, even in terms of what we've just been talking about, you hear that description of the context. And you might say, isn't that precisely where you might expect the Lord to work? If it's that needy, if it's got measures of confusion, then surely that is a place that is ripe for the work of God. So we should be hopeful. We should be expectant. We shouldn't look at that environment and conclude that because it's not what it should be, God cannot and will not work there because that's precisely what you might then hope that God would do, that he would come to a place where there is confusion, where there is a low state of Christian living and believing. If, if that's true of Asbury, I, I genuinely don't know. But we shouldn't then sort of say, well, you know, how can God bless people like that? They don't deserve it. Well, you show me the people who do deserve the blessing of God. So let's be careful on that side. However, we also need to say the other things that we've been saying about revival. What are the consequences of revival? What are the the causes under God of revival? Where is the powerful preaching of the gospel according to Jesus Christ? Are people being called to repentance and faith? God is not going to condone open sinfulness. God is a holy God and he will call people to himself and wickedness will not be overlooked or celebrated, but rather exposed and brought down. Godliness will be elevated. And so I'd be saying, let's look for what God is doing if this is a work of God. So we expect that the Lord would use weak and foolish instruments to accomplish his purposes. We expect that the Lord will use the preaching of the gospel as the primary means to carry out the work of his kingdom. So we're asking, where's the preaching and teaching and of what order is it? Are people preaching the gospel as they've never preached it before? Is there been a rediscovery, a recovery, a re-proclamation of scriptural truth? Is the God of the Bible being presented? Is the Christ of Scripture being held up? Is the person of the Holy Spirit being expected and depended upon in accordance with what the word of God says? And is there then, as a consequence of this immediate sense of God drawing near, a profound and humbling sense, not just then of God himself, but a corresponding deep and accurate conviction of sin? Are people being stirred up to live the life that God calls his people to live? Are people being convinced of their sin and misery, crying out to God for mercy, and their lives are being utterly transformed? 
Are people now pursuing true godliness? Are people looking at the life of the students on that campus and they're saying, these are holy people. They're living near God. They're living before God. There's been a transformation in the uh, the places that they go and the things that they do and the way that they live and the manner in which they speak. And it's not a passing fad. These are people who God has drawn near to them and they will never be the same again. And there's a sincere appetite for and delight in the worship and the service of God, not just an extended Christian concert, not just a rolling program of a certain number of songs, but a hunger and a thirst for righteousness as God himself makes it known. So on the one hand, I think we want to be very careful that we don't just say, ha, not them and not there and sweep it all away. On the other hand, we don't want to say, well, how could it be anything but this? And how can we be anything but excited? We're called upon. The Apostle John tells us, test the spirits. What does that look like? You're looking at whether or not it accords with the teaching of God's word and whether or not its consequences is the kind of holiness of life that God says always accompanies genuine faith and repentance as men and women saved from their sins are gradually conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So I say be hopeful but don't be foolish, be careful but don't be cynical and it is always the case that the tree will be known by its fruits. So what you're saying is okay not Let's suspend our judgment and hope it all works out. But let's exercise biblical discernment and let us hope and pray, whether it's in Asbury, that that may be a genuine work of God. And that if there are confusions and disappointments and frustrations within it, that nevertheless, in the midst of it, God may be doing certain things that in which we should and could rejoice But rather than just sort of sniping from a distance or condemning things or becoming dismissive, let's be saying, well, Lord, if that is not everything that we might have longed for or even anything that we might have longed for, Lord, will you not work amongst us? Will you not deal with my heart? Will you not deal with my soul? Will you not work in the church where I serve to stir us up and to bring us closer to you, to show us our sin, to restore us to yourself? and then to send us out to be useful in glorifying your name in the world. This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.